Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and colleague and co-author, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And it's an opportunity to take the knowledge that we gain through many years, decades of mm -hmm. delivering pet loss support groups and share it with a broader audience. We published a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Support Groups. And that, that book is available to you, but this is a live interactive opportunity where you can send us an email and we really like to hear from you. We like to hear mm -hmm. from our audience because the interaction and, and listening to stories that one another have sent to us, we, we know that that's really helpful because it helps people to understand that the way that you're feeling is probably a lot more typical than you might've expected. So many people feel alone in their grief and we're gonna be sharing a, a story today from one of our audience members as well. We like to let you know that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is located in Springfield, Massachusetts. It's a 501c3 community supported animal welfare organization that provides a range of services, including shelter and medical care and spay neuter services and behavioral rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people each year. And since opening in 1969, Dakin has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in Central Mass and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin and make a donation, and we urge you to do so by going to dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E dot O-R-G. We also want to let you know that I'm going to start doing an on-site support meeting the second Tuesday of the month, every month at Dakin. And you can learn more about that and you can sign up to come and be part of it. It's on site, it's face to face at their location in Springfield. And so if you want to learn more about that, also go to dakinhumane.org. The, there's an article about it on the homepage and you can register there. You can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at csmpc.com. We also want you to know that you can support the work that we're doing with this podcast. You can give a one-time gift of support by sending through Venmo to me at Ken Dolan Del Vecchio. There's also a PayPal link. You can also subscribe if you'd like to become a monthly subscriber. We do this because we love the experience and we love sharing with people. And frankly, we love talking to each other every week. Every <laughs> but week. It, but it couldn't hurt to, uh, to also get some financial support for the work that we're doing. So that's available as an option as well. And I think that's everything for our opening, Nancy, right? Well, I mean, we were going to do um, or have a guest tonight, yes. Yes. Kelly, and she has an organization. It's the Rainbow Bridge. I'm not sure there's another part to that, I believe. Pet Loss Support and Compassion Fatigue Counseling. Right. And mm -hmm. the unfortunate, uh, fortunately, she lost two of her, her foster kittens one yesterday and one today. 
And she believed that that was too hard for her to come on the program, that she sent her, you know, her wishes to be able to do this at a later time. And of course, of course, we sent our condolences to her. Um, and so she had two deaths in the last two days. So um, we will um, kind of circle back to Kelly and, and she'll be with us. I think her group is in California, if I'm not mistaken. I think she's, um, uh, she can work in California and also maybe Florida. Yes, of course. Yeah. So we will do that. Um, so, and, and we, again, we send our condolences to her. Um, but we are going to talk um, about Jonathan and Brutus tonight. Right. Um, and he has really shared his heart about this dog that he loves so much, he and Jacqueline, his wife. And so Ken, it, Ken, if you want to do, we have two emails that we want to share. And Ken, I think you want to share the first one. Sure, sure. And also, I just have, I think I have a correction to make. The, the first group at Dakin is not next Tuesday. It's the following Tuesday. So it's the 12th. Just a little correction there. So this is from Jonathan, and he writes, Good afternoon, Nancy and Ken. Hoping this email finds you well and happy Friday. I wanted to share a story with you regarding the recent passing of my beloved dog, Brutus. I recently just today found and began listening to your podcast. And after listening to three episode, episodes, realized that many people have experienced the loss of their beloved pet and have many emotions similar to mine. My wife of 13 years, we've been together for 16 in total, and I adopted an eight-week-old puppy that we named Brutus back in 2011. We were not looking to bring a companion into our lives at the time because we were newly married, had just purchased our first home together, and wanted to enjoy the freedom of life on our own without any restrictions. On October 30th of 2011, we went to the local pet store to buy a gift from my mother-in-law's Bishan, whose birthday was the next day. This is the way it always happens. Right. <laughs> we, perused, we perused the store and when we made it to the very back, we found that an organization was there that day hosting an adoption event. The mixed breed puppies were so playful and we just had to stop and look. Looking led to ogling and ogling led to two puppies coming out of the cage to play with us. I told my wife that we were bringing home the puppy that I was holding. My puppy was just so playful and all he wanted was to get back to the litter. The puppy my wife held was just sitting peacefully in her lap and had no intentions of leaving. When it was time to put him back and say goodbye, he clung to my wife for dear life. We knew we could not leave him there and so he became right. our treasure. Brutus. Brutus, nine weeks old, came home with us that day, and we changed everything in our home around. That's right. I, I had a Cairn Terrier and a Boston Terrier when living with my parents, and my wife had two Bichons when she was living with hers, but this was our first dog as a couple together. I was unemployed at the time and actively seeking work. However, Brutus quickly became my full-time job. <laughs> a puppy is full, a full-time A lot of work. <laughs> I took Brutus everywhere with me when we first got him. The park, the store, my in-law's house, my parents' house. That's good socialization. That's what you do with a puppy. That's right. He was always by my side, and I would never leave him alone. Two weeks after we brought Brutus home, he suddenly got very sick and was throwing up and not acting himself. Mm -hmm. We rushed him to the local vet, 
and they diagnosed him with parvo and coccidia. Oh, that's terrible. Along, yeah, along with a few other issues, as if that wasn't enough. He stayed in the hospital for a full week, and I visited him every day and night. They would allow me two visits per day, and I was there first thing in the morning and night before they closed to say goodnight. I spent my time at the vet's office and in church praying for his recovery. Brutus made a full recovery and came home after one week of fighting oh for his life. Parvo's awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dangerous. We, yeah. Yeah. And very potentially lethal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We enjoyed every moment we could with Brutus. We changed plans when necessary. We stopped Thanksgiving trends, traditions to spend time with him. And I even stopped talking to members of my family because they could not understand why Brutus's birthday was more important than theirs. Well, we know. We know that deal. <laughs> Brutus was king and we were just living to please him. I say that my puppy has staff. I'm her staff. <laughs> I often told my wife, this is Brutus's home and we just live here. I would often sleep on the couch simply because when I looked at the bed, both my wife and Brutus were so calm and stretched out that I didn't want, I didn't have the heart to move him. Yeah. Trips to the shore, exploring local and new parks and getting to know all of the neighbors was an everyday occurrence. We met so many people and became such close friends with members of the community simply because Brutus was a loving, tail wagging, calm and peaceful angel. The years went by so fast and as Brutus aged, issues arose. Three years ago, Brutus tore his ACL playing oh. soccer with me. That's a hard thing. That's another one that's hard, yes. He loved finding soccer balls in the brush at the local park and bringing them out to play. I, I know these people are in, in New Jersey, so you, <laughs> I'm always thinking about the fact that these are Jersey people, like like you are and like I, I was am. for like 30 years, 30 plus years. We opted for surgery and we would cry watching him walk because we knew that we had given him the gift of mobility back in his life. Seeing him run, jump, play and exercise brought us to tears because he was the old Brutus we knew before he tore his ACL. One year after that, we had to have Brutus's lipomas and a few teeth in the front of his mouth removed because his teeth were never fully developed. As he was aging, he was developing more and more lipomas, and we decided to remove the ones that were larger. Our vet told us that his positive Lyme disease test when he was younger was a likely cause of his uh, teeth not developing, and so his teeth had to be that. fixed as well. On December 15th, 2021, I noticed that Brutus was posturing to urinate frequently. Since it was late at night when I noticed, I decided to see what the next day would bring. The next day brought about the same results. And so we made an appointment to take Brutus to our vet on Friday. Our vet was thinking kidney stone, but decided to do x-rays to determine the root cause. The x-ray showed fluid around his abdomen, and she was concerned that Brutus's spleen had ruptured. Oh. We rushed him to a local animal hospital, and they told us that his spleen had not ruptured, but there was fluid in his abdomen. And they told us that his spleen, I'm sorry, the fluid was tested and it appeared to be cancer. Mm. We took Brutus and the devastating news home to process what we'd been told. That Sunday, we returned to the hospital to have an ultrasound done. The ultrasound came back and the news was awful. We were told to take Brutus home, love him and spoil him. And we would have to take it day by day. 
it wasn't until midweek that the blood test came back and the blood test was inconclusive. At this point, our heads were spinning. We didn't know what to believe and we didn't know what the answer was. We were we were seeing five different veterinarians in five oh. different offices and we couldn't get a single straight answer. The grief questions and overall feeling of the situation was numbing. I'm a very emotional person and my wife is a very rational person. Every time we tried to speak about the situation, we would argue, cry and walk away without a decision being made. My attitude was that if we discussed euthanasia, it meant we were giving up mm-hmm. and I couldn't give up on my best friend. We finally decided to take Brutus to the vet to have the fluid in his chest and abdomen drained. And the testing of the fluid came back as mesothelioma cancer. Now that we knew what cancer we were dealing with, we could take action. Unfortunately, this cancer is so rare that most action brings zero positive results. Mm -hmm. My wife did not want to take any action and just allow Brutus to live but I couldn't live with myself knowing I didn't try. On January 8th, 2022, we went to Red Bank Animal Hospital and began chemotherapy to try and save Brutus. We took him weekly to the hospital and they drained his chest and abdomen. They would pull anywhere from one to three liters out of his chest and the same out of his abdomen. Brutus fought for two months and then could fight no more. On February 15th, Brutus was showing signs of decline. His breathing was labored. He had been having explosive bowel movements and his overall demeanor was dwindling. He was sleeping by himself at night. And when he did sleep with us, he stayed as far away from our bed as possible. Mm. A lot of times animals and people will withdraw. On February 16th, we took Brutus to the hospital for his draining and chemotherapy treatment. The oncologist said that he had a lot of fluid removed one liter from his chest and 2.6 from his abdomen. After removing the fluid, Brutus was not bouncing back as he did in the past. The vet's technician and the office staff that knew him said he was very different. His heart rate was elevated. He was heading toward becoming anemic and he was very dehydrated. They were afraid to send him home for fear that he would not make it through the night. And they said keeping him would likely result in the same. We had to make the most difficult decision to send Brutus to heaven. At 6 p.m. on on February 16th, Brutus became a true angel. In 43 years of being on this earth, saying goodbye to Brutus has and will be the most difficult thing I will ever have to do. Brutus is and will be my one true love. The bond we can, we shared can and never will be broken. My wife has handled the grief much better than me We'll talk about that. And as I type this, I'm crying. My wife has moved on and has been able to think of Brutus and the memories as positive points in our lives. For me, the memories and the thoughts of Brutus make me cry. Never being able to hold him, smell his scent, play soccer with him, or look at him sleeping next to me on the couch breaks my heart. My wife and I are trying to repair our marriage from the constant fighting, and we are doing much better, but the road is bumpy. Brutus was my true soul puppy and my heart's desire. The bond him and I shared was like no other and no one, not even my wife, can understand. I always thought that Brutus would live to be 20 years old, wishful thinking, he admits. But having him taken from us at 10 destroys me. I've been using a pet loss support group 
and a pet loss expert as tools to help me speak, mourn, and celebrate Brutus's life. As my wife moves on, it's very difficult for me because I have a lot of grief, questions, regret, and I question if I truly did the right thing. I try to ground myself in pictures from before Brutus was sick to when he was sick, and I see the difference, but I just wish I could do more. When Brutus had parvo and I would visit him in the hospital, I always used to say to him, daddy fights for you and therefore you have to fight for daddy. Mm -hmm. I tried my hardest to fight the cancer for him, but ultimately I lost the battle. This is the hardest part for me, fighting my hardest, but losing the final battle. And I was able to help him so much over the course of 10 years, but in the end, I couldn't help him to win the battle with cancer. Please, please feel free to share my story as you see fit. And thank you for allowing me to express my feelings and my overall emotions. Sincerely, Jonathan and Jacqueline. That so is so much story. here. Yeah, there's so much here. Um, uh, which we're going to talk about is the is the difference in how the couple grieved. Mm-hmm. His guilt about, but he he did everything possible, right? For Brutus. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that strikes me at the very end of his note is the, this idea of, I couldn't win the battle. Right. And one of the things that, that we've talked about and we've written about is that nobody wins the battle ultimately. No, no. <laughs> Every can, no, living no cancer thing. or whatever disease yeah. wins the battle. Yeah, that, absolutely. That uh-huh. we are all, we are all going to die. All of our pets are going to die. And we, we, we have that, the, we have no, that control. reality is something we have no power mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. And so we, we try I and mean, we, we wrestle with it the way that Jonathan is wrestling with it, but it's 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 something that we just eventually have to come to live with in each of the major losses that we face. Right. I mean, his agony, his angst, his pain is palpable. And it was interesting mm-hmm. because in the beginning, he had said that he was the emotional one. Shacklin mm-hmm. was the rational one, mm-hmm. which is not a typical in a couple, right? <laughs> That's not a typical thing. One is yeah. the opposite of the other. Um, and I think that Jacqueline probably loved Brutus. Oh, um, sure. Tremendously. Sure. Her her presentation, she as a person, is different than Jonathan. Now, and Jonathan really had this very close relationship, developed that very very early mm-hmm. on because mm-hmm. he was unemployed. So he was with Brutus all the time. Right. And yes, we talked a lot about in this, po- on these podcasts about the human animal bond and there is nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You cannot and, be in a relationship with a human like you can with an animal. It just doesn't happen that way. No. And, and one of the, you know, they're obviously, and this is not terribly uncommon. They're in a fair amount of conflict about the difference in their grieving styles and my heart goes out to them for that because that's very difficult and it's very painful and i i hope that they're able to just see that that difference is not something that needs to tear them apart from one another it's something that is just that it's a difference it's not it's it's just a difference there's nothing wrong with either one and how they agree yeah yeah and it's a very individual and unique experience for everyone. And 
and a, as you said, I mean, the, there's also a complementarity that is sometimes very helpful when one person leans toward being very expressive with their emotions and the other person is more focused on what we need to do, more focused on logic. That can be very helpful as long as you respect that yeah. that reality that no, nobody's right, nobody's wrong. You just need to listen to each other and find a path that is acceptable to both. And, right. and I, I just hope that they're, and it sounds like they're, they're doing all the right stuff and that they're working with therapists and <laughs> he's going to a pet loss group. I don't know if she is or not. And, and maybe it doesn't, it's not something that she necessarily feels would be helpful for her, but I'm glad he's doing what well, he's, he's doing. He's, he's following through with what he needs to do to support himself. And we had those couples in our groups over time. Absolutely. Right? One, one came to the group many, much longer than the other. Yep, um, yep. Um, one, usually it was, it was the other way around. A couple mm -hmm. would come in and he would say, I'm just helping her, right. even though. <laughs> yeah, the whole gender difference. Dog or cat too. Okay. <laughs> you would see that a lot. So, it's actually um, really rewarding to see a man who is expressive and connected to his emotions. Yes. One of the things I'm thinking, and this is extrapolating a bit, but I'm thinking that that is something that may be very healthy in their connection to each other, that he's a man who's more in he's, touch he's than more in some touch men are. I mean, it's a very broad stroke, but in general, we men tend to be a little more, a little less skillful and the language of feelings. And it sounds like maybe that's not the case for Jonathan. That's nice to see. Well, you remember Matt from many years ago, right? Yes, Matt yeah. was one of those men who came off and onto the group for years when there were anniversaries for Tigger and Merlin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was able to share his feelings, which mm -hmm. was you know really helpful for him and for the group. Mm -hmm. you know? So um, I'm going to, so we both got back to Jonathan and we, mm -hmm. you know, had some, you know, support for him in his grieving process. And so then he wrote back to us again. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do what he said to both of us individually, but we'll, we'll mm -hmm. go down. Mm -hmm. um, the questions and regrets are a difficult aspect that I truly must come to handle and accept. I just wish I could have done more could have helped him more, could have loved him more. Mm -hmm. The roller coaster ride was so intense from cancer diagnosis to the present day, to, pre to present day that I never knew what or how to feel. During the two months after Brutus was diagnosed, some days presented themselves as the last and other mm. days my hopes were so high. When we went to Red Bank, and I've been there many times, for Brutus's mm -hmm. initial appointment on 1-8-2022, the doctor believed that she could truly save Brutus, but told us to be cautiously optimistic. I did not heed her warning and became overly optimistic. I did this because I was tired of crying and hurting and feeling sad and worrying every moment about whether or not Brutus was going to survive. All oh, the agony with that and the anxiety. The mm -hmm. second week into treatment, I actually got angry because I was not seeing the results that we had thought we were going was going to take place. It was almost like I expected Brutus to make a full 180 and be the Brutus that we knew before his cancer diagnosis. The little things we loved about Brutus, him barking when we arrived at the park, 
him rolling on the couch and making a high-pitched squeal and growling noise and barking at the mailman so we could go outside and play so excuse me, soccer. We're all an aspect of the past because barking put pressure on his abdomen and chest and gave him pain and discomfort. The new Brutus was difficult to handle, but I just kept telling myself that the new Brutus was a better option to have than no Brutus at all. As the spring is upon us and the weather is getting nicer, it's cold in New Jersey for almost April, memories of what once were are now past. I told my wife last night that I had been calling much of what we had and are currently doing first. We have taken our first walk around the neighborhood without Brutus, gone to the park for the first time without Brutus, gone to the local coffee shop on Saturday morning without asking if Brutus wanted to take along for the ride. Memories of what once were bring feelings of sadness and emotional pain. I saw a relevant picture today where Linus tells Snoopy that sometimes memories sneak out of our eyes and roll down our face. Ten years of memories, a lot of tears. I personally believe that treating Brutus as a child, having such a deep bond with him, especially since we were his caretakers on so many occasions, saving his life throughout his 10 years in many different aspects, and just allowing him to live his life to the fullest is what hurts so deeply. His personality was huge, his love was endless, and his demeanor was God-set. My wife told me recently that she is ready to add a new member to her family. She wants a dog that does not shed and that comes from a breeder. My in-laws have an Australian Labradoodle that they acquired from Cream Pump Doodles in Hamilton, New Jersey. My wife would like a Labradoodle. She is talking about bringing a dog home sometime between June and September. I am personally scared. I'm scared starting over with a dog other than Brutus. I'm scared that I will fall in love with another dog. I am scared that I may not create a bond with another dog as I did with Brutus. I'm also scared to have my heart broken once again. How do I reframe my mind so that I can accept, move forward, and love another pet? I will never replace Brutus, and Brutus will always be my first pet love. However, I want to be happy once again. What an, an amazing, you know... Story. It, it is. It's a. It's such a brilliant characterization of yeah. so much of the the mixed up, <laughs> intense, yes. rapidly changing feelings, and you know the the denial that he's that sick, and the expectations, and then the expectations are are broken, and then the bargaining with okay, the new Brutus is better than no Brutus at all, and then. All of it. I mean, the whole, the just the big tumult of oh, feelings and and up and, and down the roller coaster, yeah. as he says. And one of the things that really strikes me about this too is the way that Jacqueline approaches the question of having a new pet. It sounds very gentle and very much like, you know, it's not like tomorrow. It's not like she wants to get a yeah, pet today. It's down the road. A it's few down months. the road. It's like June through September. It sounds very much like this is something that that they'll talk about and they'll work toward deciding about and 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 that there's room for all Another. of Jonathan's feelings in this. Right, right. And there's also room for Jacqueline's sense that I really want to adopt again. I want to find this 
kind of relationship again. I mean, these are very loving, in intensely caring pet guardians. And it's, it's, it's really something to see the, the way they think and the way they work with each other. Right. Cause there are differences here. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's so frightened that he will never love a, another animal like Brutus. Right. And he's so frightened that he will actually betray him. And I yeah. think that's something that we have to point out is a lot of times when people are grieving and that question always comes up down, down the road a little is, uh, you know, when do we get another pet? When do we, when yep. do we bring some, another animal into our life? And then all of a sudden they'll say, well, I won't be grieving for the one that died then anymore. <laughs> right. So okay. I'm going to betray that, that animal. And, you know, I did write that right back to Jonathan. I said, animals are pure and innocent and hold no malice. Mm -hmm. And, and it would be fine. They would, Brutus would be happy if you if you adopted or brought another animal into your world to life oh, right that's a testament to to the relationship that you had that you that they both want to do it again and you're not going to betray him you feel that way but you're not going to betray him and you can love again it'll be a completely different relationship yep yep and it also just to be realistic, it may very well not do much to end your grief. Your grief. No, you're so, well, we talked about that. You're going to grieve forever, right? Yeah, your grief. Your grief. Right. Is, your grief is going to continue. Hopefully, it'll provide a bit of a distraction and a very pleasant one at that. But it's not going to. You know, some people feel like it doesn't sound like these people feel that way. But some people feel like I'll just get another one and then. I don't have to look back at all. And it, I mean, oh, it, that doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way at all. In fact, sometimes what happens is it punctuates in a way that you wouldn't have anticipated the loss because your new pet is so very different, is entirely different personality and set of challenges and set of gifts. And so it, there's so there's so much richness in this story. We really oh, want to so thank Jonathan yes. for this and wish him and Jacqueline great uh great solace and peace and and as they move forward with their grief and their and their decision making we wish them all we, we wish them all the good things thank thank jonathan and and jacqueline for this story it's for sharing like i said there's so much to it that mm -hmm. all of us that are grieving our animals go through mm -hmm. and i think it's really helpful for our audience i also want to make sure you know, he kept saying, I could have helped him more. I could have loved him more. I, I think he, I think that he yeah. loved that animal beyond <laughs> ever, anything that you could ever imagine. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's, he's, he's in that position that we're in where you're, you just desperately wanted to make it different. And I, I think it's great that you said that because I don't think he could have loved him more, but I think he may need to keep saying it to himself and other people until he doesn't need to say it anymore. And, and that may be a, a long time because it, it comes and goes, but yeah, no, these are people who gave everything to, everything. Their, to their, to their Brutus. And we know, and anybody reading this story and listening to it, 
would know that they have nothing to regret. That doesn't mean they won't have regrets. No, but that's just but, the way grief works. But we know because we've been through it, right, Penn, yeah, many, many yes, times indeed. that you know there's nothing like that in relationship that you have with your animal. Yep. And there's just so special and and it's just so hard and traumatic when they die. Yep. So yep. we get it. So thank you again, Jonathan and Jacqueline. And great to talk with you, Nancy, as always. And we'll do it again next week. Next week. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.